This is exactly right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Adulting. I'm Michelle Buteau. That is Jordan Carlos. Hello. I have a lot to share with you, and the caffeine is kicking in. Not like I'm going to do a push-up or a sit-up. I'm not going to do all that, but I do have feelings, and sometimes my mouth doesn't go as fast as my brain. But here the fuck she is. My husband, without asking me, bought a karaoke machine. Okay? Now, <laughs> did I almost bring it up in couples therapy? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a little too... um petty to bring up in couples therapy because obviously there's like bigger issues mm -hmm. um, that everybody should explore and talk about because it's like someone giving your kid a drum set. Why didn't you ask me? <laughs> why did you bring, why did you bring a, a puzzle that has 1100 pieces? Why do you hate me so much? Karaoke machine. Why? All I did was try to hide the microphones from my kids because I mean, it was a lot Okay, but then we had a party. And Jordan, are Jordan, are you there? I'm my butthole so puckered. I thought that you liked the karaoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the karaoke machine until we did it with friends. That was so fun, though. It was so fun. One thing everyone should know about you, you were a karaoke king. Stop right now. Stop right now. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about my private life, okay? We can talk about my personal life, but not my private life. Do you understand? I'll tell you what. If, yes. if Jordan is Eminem, then his <laughs> wife is Dr. Dre. Because she is the producing mastermind of, Jordan, do this song next! And then he does it. That's actually a very good impression. And I was like, what? That's actually a really good impression. Mm -hmm. Yes, my wife, uh, my wife chose the songs and then I sang them. And one was Mary J. Blige's uh, I Can Love You Better Than She Can remix with, uh, featuring Lil' Kim, which was so fun because you and I did a duet in the Lil' Kim portion, yes. which will be burned into my brain forever. I mean, I, I posted it. It's up on our adulting page. Like, yes. it's posted because I, you know, first of all, karaoke, there's a lot of rules. Number one, don't do a Queen song unless we can all sing it because no one's got mm. 11 minutes for you to live your like <laughs> inner theater school kid rejection. No one's got time for that. That's like a one person show. No one. Number two, pick a song that you've sung before. Yes. Uh, at least look at the lyrics. You can look it up. Lyrics.com because... <laughs> Oh, baby, there's a lot of lyrics that I didn't even know were in that song. And I didn't know Lil' Kim was so angry. I mean, I know she got spunk, but I was like, who gonna love you like I do? Huh? What? I was like, oh, my God. You, you're gonna love me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just love that Mary J is appealing to the man's heart. You know, mm -hmm. she's so sweet about it. She's like, no one can do the way I do. And then Lil' Kim's like, who gonna love you like I do? Huh? She's like, fuck all that. I, that's my... Favorite part of the song. I know. We all have our love language. Yes, truly, truly. Mine is definitely karaoke. You got me so ripped on wine and rosé that I <laughs> I channeled David Bowie. You did. Out of nowhere, somebody put on a David Bowie song and then walked away. And we're like, <laughs> we're all looking at each other like, who gonna, how do we even skip this song? We all love it, but who gonna do it? It's a god awful small affair. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like getting into it. It was so good. And then yeah. your David Bowie impression was so good that I was like, 
should you audition for SNL? <laughs> I almost like took a video and sent it to Lauren Michaels because we text all the time. Yeah, all the time, all the time. Um, it did feel like a moment. I switched to the other phase where you're like, not just having fun now. Okay, now you're entertaining. Yes. And now you need to take it down. <laughs> now you need to take it down, clown. Take it down. Yes, I felt it. I was like, he's going through the little live rounds. You know, I was thinking, why do you build me up, Buttercup, or whatever. That was so good. But you needed like an outfit change. <laughs> you needed one green eye and one blue eye, like David Bowie. I don't remember what his eye... I know he had two different eye colors, but I don't remember... He did. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Like, if you can do it with karaoke, you just need the one song. The people that can keep going too much. Well, people kept, like, I don't know what it was. It was like they would pick a song and then not be in the room. They'd be like, fuck Yeah, that, that's also like a boss move. It's like, how, well, I put a song in, but I what? <laughs> Get back here. You better go play this song. And then it was so funny. Like, a three-year-old kid requested Baby Shark. And I was like, why are we asking three-year-olds? We don't even ask them what they want to eat. And I was like, what are we doing? But there's nothing sweeter than, like, 11-year-olds singing. Yeah, it's really cute. I mean... Serving. From the A to the Z. Girl, my son got into Miss You by the Rolling Stones. He showed it. I was like, what are you What are you missing? What are you talking he about? He showed it. Yeah. That was wild. We can't afford that song. Let's not do that. Yeah. What, what, we can't even do Happy Birthday. What are you doing? But <laughs> what I do love is that my husband did like a real I told you so. And I was like, mm. is this Everyone Loves Raymond? But he was like, I told you. And I said, I was like, I had no idea that karaoke would bring everybody together and be so entertaining because the only people that were really interested in it when I told him, oh my God, he got a karaoke machine was my Chinese Jamaican family because Asian people love karaoke. And I'm like, is this the end of a Jokoi movie? Okay. <laughs> and my drag queen friends who were just like, bitch. And I was like, okay. So I didn't know that the normies... The normies like it. Yeah. The normies, it's like, it's a place to fly. It's a place to, to have fun and let go. I didn't know. Oh, that was a good time, Michelle. You are the ultimate hostess. We know this. Thank you. You know what? I feel like my food was a little undersalted, but that's okay. When you start to make food for a lot of people, you're just like, it is what it is. Plus, I don't use a lot of salt because the double chin comes in real quick than a vengeance. So, like, I like to fuck around with other... Why are you... I'm waiting for your eyes to roll back. When you're done. Yes. When you're done. Michelle made the spread. It was the spread. I was like, finally, I'm eating. <laughs> like, it was like, in my house, it's all, you know, it's like, it's squirrel food. And so I go to Michelle's and it's like, <laughs> shepherd's pie, lasagna. Shepherd's pie and a lasagna in a cast iron. Yes. <laughs> and deviled eggs. And deviled eggs. And rice balls. Oh, my God. You're like, have a rice ball. I was like... <laughs> they were too big. They were really... They were the size of, like, baseballs. Oh, my God. Because you said, I've been cooking all day. This is what you... You're like, I've been cooking all day. And I was like, did you make these? I honestly thought you made those rice balls. But you made everything else except for the rice balls. And everything was exceptional. And it didn't need salt. And it was made with love. And it was perfect. And as we say down south, you put your foot in it. It was so damn good. I loved it. I loved it. No notes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. So I will take that. I will take that and put it in my pocket and forget about it and put it in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> I realize um, I do miss cooking for friends. Mm -hmm. But here's a little adulting hack that I feel like I've talked about on the show, especially live shows quite a bit. If you can afford it, book a cleaning person the next day after a party because then you're not as anxious. That's all. Do you remember I was like, how can I be, because I was like a broken down C-3PO, I was like, how can I be of service in the kitchen to you? And you're like, ugh, look at this 
trained man trying. And then I, like, <laughs> I saw the dishes. I was like, I'll do the dishes. And you were just like, no, somebody's coming tomorrow. They're coming in the morning. Yeah. It's fine. Leave them dishes. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? What? Yeah. Just get like the weird extra glasses all over the house. And then we put them all together in a pile. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> the best part about um, also hosting is just like, I mean, you just got to let go. There's nothing worse than going to someone's house and feeling tense, you know, like mm. in some sort of museum. And it's like, don't, can you, don't sit there. Don't, can you just, and it's like, you know, yeah. a house is made to be lived in. So just chillax. And it's so fun that the other kids can run around and go upstairs and go in the basement. Even the dogs had a great time. I love a good ass party. Whitney and Lola were running around the beach, frolicking and playing um, like tug of war with a stick. Yeah. It was really cute. Like nobody was watching. I was like, this is really sweet. I love it when my kids get along and my dogs get along. There's yeah. like, it makes me sleep better at night. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's had a good day. It was it was good vibes. Yeah. Good feels, good vibes. Thank you for having us be a part of that. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Are you going to invite me to a party or should I just throw it at you your house? You know that. We live too far. <laughs> we live too far for you. No, you like, don't. Remember the time you came? I go to, you turned around. I go to you Brooklyn turned all the time. around. Okay, we okay. When? Look what you did. You messed up. No. When did I turn around? You were coming to a birthday party. I think it was like Malcolm's maybe first or second. It wasn't his first because you read his first, but the second, yeah, we're like, there was too much traffic. We're so sorry. We love you. But literally, Bay Ridge was like, it ain't happening. There were a couple birthday parties that day. And I can't, was that the mm. one where your mom was at and you had it at your house? Yes. I was there. You know, for me, I was trying to have children and I was having a lot of mis, I, I, I was experiencing miscarriages. So going to kids' birthday parties were just hard for me. Got you. But I did show up. I don't want to relitigate it. Listen, what happened happened. I want you over for bagels. Do you like bagels? You, you bagel person? Look at this double chin, bitch. Of course I love bagels. <laughs> I love a bagels and locks. I love a everything bagel. Don't scoop out the middle, you dumb, basic, weak bitch. Leave all that dough in there. That's the fucking point. Um, I will say there was one time that we're supposed to meet up with our very hilarious friend, Dana Duke, at like a bookshop. Oh, good Lord. You were like at a bookshop or a library with your daughter. I'm meeting him like in Williamsburg at like a coffee shop. I think there was too much traffic for you, actually. Yeah. We had to give up. Like, New York is crazy. It's Carmageddon now. And what am yeah. I supposed to do? Take the subway? <laughs> oh, you would. I don't think so. Oh, my goodness. I don't think so. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Carmageddon, LOL, just kidding. <laughs> you know, I go to Holland a lot, and um, it does feel like, um, if it just feel like a second home. Mm -hmm. It feels, you know how, like, stand-up feels like an extension of you? Well, like, going to Holland feels like an extension of me and my family now, so it is very weird. It, you know, it's different than, like, dating a Dutch guy. It's like, now my kids are half Dutch, right? And going to Holland, I meet a lot of cool-ass people there. There's so many like dope black people in Holland that we need to put on because I always make the joke to my Dutch in-laws. I'm like, I would know Dutch if there was a Dutch Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I'm very excited to have our guest on who's in a whole ass different time zone. Yes. Nicole Buss. There she is. <laughs> Where you at? <laughs> What are you doing? I'm trying to stuff my face with some food before we get into the thing. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing, darling? I don't know, bitch. I look like New York. <laughs> Listen. Love. I wish I could be where you guys are. Me too. Soon, soon. Did you meet Jordan? We did. Yeah. We did it. I said, Nicole, I've heard your music. It is very beautiful. You have a beautiful voice. Gorgeous voice. Yeah. What a gift. 
Thank you. Were you always singing when you were little? You were like... Uh, pretty much. You know how Black parents, they'll take you to church. And if you want to or not, you're going to sing and you're going to be in the choir. Oh, my! it's my mom's dream to play the piano in the <laughs> choir. I'm like, that's it? That's it? Nothing else? All right. Come on now. I bet she's very proud of you, Michelle. Okay. Why Why? Why is there, there silence? She is proud. She's Yeah, but today is not about a memo. It's memo. not about it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Just kidding. But listen, I'm so excited you could do this because, first of all, I went to Amsterdam for the summer because I was curious whether I could live there or not. <laughs> yes. And it's so funny because Tasha Smith, who plays Marley in Survival of the Thickest, available on Netflix now, all eight episodes, was like, you got to meet this sis. She's saying she's amazing. And then she showed me your picture. I'm like, are you just trying to connect all the light-skinned bitches? (laughs) She's like, come on. And then I met you. I was like, oh, she's amazing. Um... And then we linked up with Sidra Smith, her twin sister, who happened to be in Amsterdam and had tickets, VIP tickets to Beyonce. Yep. On Father's Day. Come on. And so we just thought we were going to have like a good seat. Honey, we were like in a champagne VIP situation where it was like spades. Was this black spades? Armand, what was it? Jay-Z's champagne. I still have the glasses. Oh, do you? I took to New York. I was like, look at this, Beyonce. Thank you so much. (laughs) I know, I wanted to. But I was like, I can't pack everything. But I love that we were sitting next to Beyonce's father, Matthew Knowles. Yeah. And we're all saying hi and stuff. And he goes to Nicole, I loved your comedy special on Netflix. <laughs> he thought Nicole was me. <laughs> I said, Mr. Knowles. I said, she's the after picture. I'm the before picture. Oh, come on now. Stop. I know. But still, I was like, that's so funny. But that was such a good time. I'm so glad we like met and connected. Like, first of all, let's just tell everybody who you is. Like, who who is you? What you do? Where you from? What it be? Well, um, I'm Nicole. I'm a singer-songwriter, music producer from Amsterdam. Love to make music, love to laugh and have a good time. And I love to cook. So that's a good synopsis of who I am. She'd be throwing down with the seasonings and such. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, I did a little research about you. Some of your family is from Curacao as well. Yes, yes. Look at you. You did some research. Okay. Yes, I tried to. <laughs> Let's talk Caribbean. Do you know any dishes from Curacao when you say you cook? Of course. Don't you see this this color? Okay, okay. Let me know. No, no, definitely. <laughs> um, my mom is from Curacao and my grandmother and my mom as well, but they can cook. Yeah. Like they can cook like their life depends on it. Probably did at one point. Hey, mm. it did. So... They teach me a lot of the recipes. We have a very funny story. So you guys have gumbo, right? Yeah. Yes, of course. That's with the ochre. And that, but we call it yumbo. Oh. So it's the same name, but I wonder how that came <laughs> to be. So we have that. We have Johnny Cake, which a lot of other Caribbean islands have as well. Yeah. It's in a Boney M song. Yes. Brown Girl in the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> and he's from Aruba. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. See? Oh. The ABC. Yeah. See, I love gumbo. So you use the okra and the yumbo. You just call it yumbo. Yeah. So you guys now call it gumbo with a little bit more flair and we say yumbo. Okay. Because we know it's an African word. It's a Western African word. I think it was like they played the game telephone. And in it, you know, wherever you got off on the boat, you know, Mm. colonialism, y'all got off there and said yumbo. We got up in the United States and said gumbo. That was it. That was it. Happy Indigenous People Day. (laughs) 
There's a lot of talk about what era we're in. Billboard in Times Square era, learning how to make a good salad dressing era. Well, how about goodbye cheap razors era? Mm. Let me introduce you to Athena Club. Tell me more. Their award-winning razor kit has everything you need to elevate your shaving experience, and it only costs a $10. Come on. So it comes with an ergonomic razor handle and two sharp five-blade razor heads for the smoothest shave ever. But honestly, it's Athena's thoughtful details like the magnetic hook for easy storage. You know what I love, though? Athena Club is all about quality. You'll even moisturize as you shave, thanks to the razor's built-in avocado oil and hyaluronic acid serum. I'm a scientist now. <laughs> when you get into, like, the little nooks and crannies of what it means to be a woman, yes, and you are afraid that you might cut yourself, have an ingrown hair, and or have an unpleasant experience, what I do love about the Athena Club is that I feel safe and secure, and I love to moisturize, Okay. Ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your purchase with code ADULTING at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving! It really is funny how we have more in common than not, Mm -hmm. but it really is like... Good old fucking colonialism and patriarchy that would just love to think that we're divided as fuck, which is why it was so nice meeting you in Amsterdam because, you know, I'm friends with a lot of my husband's friends. And so it's nice to have my own friends. (laughs) And so, honestly, I don't think we really got into it because there was so much going on in Amsterdam. But, like, what's it like growing up multiracial in a place like Holland? It's a free education, if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You really learn how to navigate and actually save yourself within different compartments of the society you grow in. Mm. So, for instance, my father is Dutch, right? But he's from this, and you know what I'm talking about, Michelle. He's from the little village in the Netherlands. He's not from Amsterdam, the fancy yeah. multicultural diversity city. He was from a very small farmer-ish type of village. So you learn how to read the white Caucasian culture in a sense. Yeah. But then, thank God, we had, you know, rather than Amsterdam with the Caribbean family. Mm-hmm. So it was a balance of, I like to call it like the eight faces. You learn as a mixed, do I say that right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. A mixed child. You really learn how to navigate in all the cultures, all the codes. And um, I think the Netherlands uh, gives you a very good platform to do so. It's funny, too, because... When I first started going to Holland, everyone's like, why do you bring up race so much? Why you bring us? I was like, I am. I'm just talking about shit I know. Mm. I'm just talking about stuff I've seen in the news and that person and this person. And there is like this thing that happens, not just in Holland. People don't want you to bring up race. They don't want anything negative that you're bringing up from their past. But it's the truth and it's history. So why can't we talk about it? Because I'm living it. They don't like it. They don't like to be confronted. They don't like to be pointed on the facts. And let's be really honest, most of the stuff they did, they're actually pretty proud of. Mm -hmm. If you look at the street names, those are the people that were part or actually the initiators of that history. Mm. But we're still naming streets and buildings. Having holidays. Right? Having holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's not go there, please. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's... um, it's a confrontation, especially how, how society is evolving right now. It's getting more diverse with the month. 
it's it's going so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here in the Netherlands, everybody's it seems like everybody's mixing with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm. So then the conversation becomes heavier, and then you know, especially the older generation, I feel they they feel a little bit heavy to talk about it. Yeah. How do you negotiate that in your art? When you're creating your music, how does it express itself in your art? Does it come across in your voice when you you feel like, okay, this was one time period when I'm doing my recording and then you listen to yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, this is how I'm singing now. I'm more resonant or or something like that. Or what is that like? Mm. So do you mean like how I take the cultural part within my music? Is that what you mean? I think it's more like the atmosphere of the country that you live in, you know, your home. I don't think you hear it back in my music. Yeah. Especially the American. So I did Dutch for a while because I studied at the conservatory and the teacher was challenging me like, do Dutch. And I was like, no, I won't. And then she was like, <laughs> try it. And then I ended up signing a deal for Dutch music, which was fun. But next to that, if you've never heard any of my Dutch material, you will not. I don't think you would hear I'm from the Netherlands. I'm not taking it. Wow. Ooh, I rebuke it. How is that possible? I, I was listening. I could not tell. Yeah. Did you just grow up listening to American music? Yeah, gospel music. I mean, it's so good. Oh, thank you. I was going to ask you how it comes out in your relationships. Because when I'm in Holland, it feels like I'm the loudest one in a restaurant. I'm the only one wearing a bright colored shirt. I'm the only one making eye contact at the street sign, at the street light on my bike. Hi, how are you? Why is she talking to me? I simply said, how are you? You're a human being. I'm a human being. So like... To live in a place where, like, it's like, I'm not trying to sell anything or buy anything. I just want to say hi. So to live in a place yeah. where we don't talk about Bruno, like, how does that come out in your relationships? Oh, man, Michelle, I don't feel like I have, you actually already answered it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of Dutch relationships mm. when it comes to friends. And I'm not saying it as, oh, I'm sad. I don't know. Yeah. It's like I consciously choose not to mingle too much with people that are very locked within the Dutch culture. So I have my family. I maybe have my circle of three, maybe four-ish. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And and everything that I do, the communication or, you know, it's all with American colleagues and friends. So, yeah. Wow. I get that. And this is like a very wild question, but here the fuck we is. And I'm in a plus size printed shirt. (laughs) Let's go. The music business, I mean, just in general, culture in general, the needle has moved a lot. The toxic, misogynistic behavior, particularly from men and then also women who allow it to happen. How long have you been in the music business and Have people, like, tried to disrespect you? Like, how do you figure out how to... How do you negotiate? Yeah, negotiate that shit because you know you're talented and you do want the job, but I feel like so often women are like, this is what I have to do and this is what I have to put up with in order to be successful or, like, have the needle move. That was a very long-winded question. <laughs> no, but it's it's a good one. It's a good one. And you explain it well. I'm, I'm going to try not to give you a long-winded answer back. No, do it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me say this. For me... I don't do concessions, which means that comes with a set of consequences. You can walk a road. In this case, we're talking about the music industry road. And there's a way to walk it really fast past. 
with my bundle of talent, mm -hmm. you have two roads you can take. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to take the fast road because then I have to make concessions whereby I know that when I'm older, I won't be happy with the results. I, when I look back, I want to look myself in the mirror and be like, girl, mm. it took a long dang time. <laughs> But, you know, I'm proud of you. And thank God we age well. Hey. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> thank God for it. God be praised. Yeah, no, I was, I'm telling you, thank God for melanin. So uh, did I experience situations like that? I think I've, I've experienced situations where I got very close. But again, I'm six feet as well. Mm. And I do think that when I come into those situations, when, when there are like women that are shorter than me, I often overhear that they have to fight a little bit more. But I do think that I use my length a little bit and that my personality is very fast. Like, we're not going that way. <laughs> You know, but yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. I love it. That's when the Dutch side comes in. It's just like, Nadankivel, motherfuckers. Fuckers. What's up? <laughs> Let me go find my bike. Right? What is Nadank? What is that? It's just no thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to. I mean, <laughs> for those who don't understand, you know, I know Gouda cheese. Oh, my goodness. I know um, street waffle. Strobe waffle. Got you. This is too much. That's like saying, I know KFC. What are we doing, Jordan? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing, Jordan? Uh, Writing songs. Is it like a burp? Is it like a Like you just got to get it out? <laughs> Feelings for me are just like gas. I'm like, I got to get it out and I feel better. <laughs> um, it depends. Some songs, they just, you know, something happens, you break up with your boyfriend or, you know, and yeah. and then it's like, oh shit, I hate that motherfucker. And you'd be like writing, da, 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 and then, you know, you get a result out of it. When's the last time you broke up with someone? I don't want to conclude that within this, uh, <laughs> this very public conversation, yes, but yes. the person that knows, knows. Oh, the person that knows, knows. What? The person knows, <laughs> that knows, knows. Them that don't know, don't know. So we get questions from the audience all the time. And this is one of the hardest things for people is mm -hmm. breaking up because they found themselves in this relationship, this responsibility, this lifestyle that they don't know how to break free from. And when people start noticing and start telling you, and the question literally would be like, everyone tells me I shouldn't be with this person. Should I not be with them? It's just like, why do you need us to tell you something you already know? You are like one of the most thoughtful people I do find Dutch people thoughtful on a whole, but definitely you are very, like, showed up with fresh bread right out the gate. I said, come on, bitch. <laughs> but how do you mindfully break up with somebody and then also keep your shit intact? Um, I think that uh, I grew into a position that I just say what I want to say in a very respectful manner, and I don't run away from confrontation anymore. Mm. Once I came into my 30s, I was like, even though it hurts, so I, I like to do things in person as well. You know, I had the conversation with him. I was like, just pointing everything out. And that can be very, it might sound Dutch again, very cold. Mm -hmm. We can be very like rational. That's the word, right? Mm -hmm. You can be like, okay, well, 
I know this is not going to benefit me in the future, even though I know what I can deliver to the table. So I'm pulling myself out of the situation respectfully. And that's what I did. But then, you know, you can be very rational and Dutch, but when you get home, you cry like a little baby. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Feelings are meant to be felt. Well, there's that old saying, never negotiate out of fear, but also never fear to negotiate. Wow. Woo! Where's my tambourine, honey? That wasn't me. That was JFK. Thanks. Shout out to JFK. (laughs) I heard of him. All right. (laughs) Doing big things, that guy. Big things. (laughs) I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Is it easier to get through so much good and bad through the catharsis of art and creation? Yes. I think art is a gift that keeps on giving, especially in hard times. Something happens, I instantly like pour it within the art and then I can separate myself a little bit better Mm -hmm. than if I would not have a medium uh, to express myself with. Is that when you know you need to write again because you have so much that you're feeling that you're like, I need to process these feelings? Yeah. Last December, I don't know if it was the moon. I heard there was a special moon in last December. I don't know what it was. There was. There was. People that I never saw crying were crying. I was like, what the heck is going on? And I wrote so much poetry. Mm. I was like, where did this come from? So now I have a poetry bundle that I'm going to release somewhere this year. Yes. Can I ask for singer-songwriters, for songwriters? Yes. Is it the melody first or is it the words first? What comes first in your process? There is there is no one good answer. Because mm. sometimes you could be sitting in the metro and you hear someone screaming like, Ay! and just that, that whole emotion with the A is like, oh, shit. I'm remembering the conversation with my mom and, and there was a similar shout. And then you start with a situation from the past and then you start writing. Mm-hmm. But it could also be like you're just behind a piano, just jamming. And then just the melody, the, the combination of, of the notes just resonate with an emotion. And then you start writing from there. So there's not one good answer. Because everything that we do with music, it's borrowed, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the ideas in this whole freaking matrix, it's just a gift. It's like, what do you think about this? What would you do with this? Like all these Easter eggs and you just pick them. Mm -hmm. So it could be music, could be words, it could be a situation, present, past or future. Sometimes imagination. Mm. I have a few songs, people are like, who's this about? I'm like, I don't know yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Still got to meet the guy, you know? So yeah, I really believe in creating um, your own reality. So yeah. Did I answer your question? You answered it so well. Yeah. Uh, So in Holland, do you feel that the arts are actually um, supported? In America, it's not. It's like a blood sport. We have to be the best or there's no time for development. No, it's not supported here. Wow. I even think that the more you shine, the more you have to be very careful to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel I like the more I did in the United States, the more quiet I became in my home country. Wow. I can walk the streets and nobody knows who I am. Like I'm trying not to be on television or too much of this and too much of that. That's what I said to Michelle. There's nothing here, baby. <laughs> yeah. Come here with retirement. Just live the soft life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the comfort mentality. Just be calm and be comfortable and don't don't want too much. That's that's the, the culture here. It's a special spot, you know, when people talk about the sandwich years or the years where you're old enough to take care of your parents and then also your kids. Amsterdam, for me, no shade to people in Europe. I love y'all. Duh, bitch. But it feels like 
a sandwich year. It's like a beautiful place to grow up. And then you go away and you experience real ass shit. And then you go back and come back and have your herring every day yes. and your hot cup of tea <laughs> and all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will ask Jordan and I, how do I become a comedian? How do I make money doing comedy? How do I become an actor? How do I become a writer? There's really no one answer, like you said. You just have to do what you do and also like just trust your creativity and let it flow out of you. And what I love about Nicole is that um, I don't remember when or how or why, but at one point you're like, if I wasn't a singer, I would open a bakery. Yes. <laughs> I would just be baking bread <laughs> all day. All, and I was like, fuck yeah, bitch. Because like that is also the same thing where you're creating something and it's different every time. There is a formula, but then you put your own twist on it. Yes. Yes. And you just trust that it's hot enough and this and that and the guidance and the salt and the yeast and the whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I fucking get that. Look at Michelle exposing my retirement plans over here. <laughs> <laughs> if it's one thing a bitch is going to do. Any investors listening, I'm interested. <laughs> Listen. It's the reboot of British Bake Off. It's the Dutch Bake Off. It was so funny because when you did say that, it was actually hot in Holland because of climate change. And I was like, I feel like I'm baking bread in my pants. But nobody wants to hear that. Nope. The <laughs> nope. whole we ass don't. buttery croissant between my legs that Paul Hollywood wanted nothing to do with. And I was like, it's not bread week? <laughs> All right, Nicole, what a fucking mess. So our audience members ask us questions about adulting and we try to answer them. Um... I don't know why they trust us. They just do. We have kind <laughs> eyes, which they can definitely tell through a podcast. The first question is, how long is too long to have your nails? Oh. Ooh, baby. Your own nails? Your own nails. No. Mm. Short it is. Or you got to be very clean. If you can't wipe your ass, then they too long. Agree. If you can't do basic shit, like how is Cardi B out here changing diapers <laughs> she's got claws like i don't understand she paying someone come on claws are hot claws are hot though <laughs> i like to see claws in the city that's the thing they're like for the gays of men because i know a lot of lesbians who are like get that shit away from my coochie like nobody wants a pap smear i'm trying to hook up <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just like how much like alcohol wipes do we really need how long is too long to have your nails? Baby, I don't know. Try some press-ons and see how your day goes. Yes. If you can't type on your computer. Mm -hmm. That's a no-go. If you can't type, can go to the bathroom without not feeling comfortable. Like, I think everything on your body should be for your own comfort, first off. Ooh, baby. And if it's not serving <laughs> your comfortness, in a sense... Don't get me wrong. I love femininity. I love makeup and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if it's too long, I play guitar. So for me, it's already a no-go. Like, how do I play guitar with 10-inch nails? No. Yeah. Also, I feel like the only people that really like long nails are like, you're doing it for a man. It's like, why am I putting heels on? Get the fuck out. With this bunion, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you put the heels on, bro. <laughs> I don't know. There's something ASMR about the click clack at a click clack 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 on a phone when a lady's got nails. What, like I'm like... on the phone with Delta trying to rebook my ticket? I'm good. <laughs> Even that clickety clack on the phone gives me anxiety where I'm just like, am I going to get the middle seat or the aisle seat, bitch? You don't know with all that click clack and what seat I'm going to fucking have? Because my body's too big for the middle seat, bitch. Look. I'm going to be breastfeeding everybody. I guess I got the wrong answer. <laughs> no, no. They're all the right answers. There's a middle way. Yeah, just get a really long nail for your middle finger. That's all you fucking need. <laughs> okay, Jordan. Next question. <laughs> okay, next question. What's the question? 
kitchen. <laughs> I'm doing it. How do I tell my best friend she needs to clean her bathroom more often? Oh, shit. It makes me not want to go over to her place. Exclamation point. Oh, yeah. Yuck. You know, they say like a bird of a feather flock together. How did you guys meet? Mm. <laughs> In a bathroom. Like all my friends are so clean. Like sometimes my mom laughs at me because she thinks I'm too clean. I mean, I can have children and they can do their stuff, but I love to have a clean area. And all my friends are like that. So let's start there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think there's different levels of like there's messy. There's like I've had a long week. And then there's like, oh, mm -hmm. I never get the surface. Like there's tears of cleanliness. And so the bathroom is definitely like a very personal subject for everybody. But this is not personal anymore, Michelle. Yeah. This is not, sorry, the Caribbean getting out of me. This is not <laughs> personal anymore. And if you don't want to go to someone's house because of the toilet, are you freaking kidding me? I know. What are we talking about? I've had friends like this where I'm like, have you ever lifted your seat? It is Pandora's box of bacteria under there. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Honestly, I think it's two things. I think it's, one, the way someone was raised. Mm -hmm. And two, depression. When you're depressed, you don't see stuff around you. Mm. That's a whole different thing, yeah. So how do I tell my best friend she needs to clean her bathroom more often? Maybe just start a conversation why it isn't clean at the first place. Like, why doesn't she feel the urge to clean? Like, start maybe their soft talk. Oh, shit. You know, like, I'm, I'm maybe too Dutch. I'm too direct, maybe. That is a Dutch answer <laughs> if I ever heard I like that Dutch answer. We got the Dutch sick. answers on this episode. I love it. Enough <laughs> <laughs> of the American shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, why do you feel you're so disgusting? <laughs> I would make up a whole ass, like, you know what? I heard about an equal light outbreak in people's bathrooms that they wasn't cleaning <laughs> and stuff. I would make some shit up. You know, I think um, presenting like an article or something is sort of like a way to like get over that hum. I think it's like, I can't do your bathroom anymore. I can't. And putting that out there, you're just like, I can't do it. I love you. I can't do it. And then they're like, oh my gosh. And what if they would be like, why? What would you say, Jordan? I would just be like, you know what? Your bathroom's, it's cringe. It's giving ick. I love you. Yeah. I have a beautiful friend. She has beautiful curly hair. She's Puerto Rican. She never cut her hair. Her mom never cut her hair. She was like, you don't cut your hair. She didn't even want to straighten her hair. I'm like, do something different with it. And then so we went mm. on a trip. I think we went to Argentina. It was her 30th birthday. I'm like, this is what I'm doing for you. I'm buying you a purse and I'm getting you a, um, a hair appointment. So they did a little trim and they straightened her hair. And she would never have done it for herself because she was always taught, don't do it. Don't spend money on it. Da, da, da. She just was a different person. Everything was different. The walk, the talk, the swagger. Mm -hmm. And then she made an appointment once a month, every month to get her hair done because she just loved that feeling, right? And I think sometimes you just have to do it for people, force them into that. And so I would probably hire a cleaning crew just I to be like, this is say. my present for you. I know you're busy. You don't got time to touch them surfaces. She probably won't even see it. And then all of a sudden it's clean. You're like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know it was like this clean because I've been wow. living like this. What you going to say, Jordan? It's so funny because we were renovating our house. We had to live with my father-in-law. My father-in-law is the house that my wife grew up in and she will be the first to tell you that it is, it is so close to getting condemned. It's funny. So like we're on the top floor and he's like, yeah, you just use the bathroom, right? You got a good bathroom here. I go in the bathroom. It was like from Saw. Oh, God. I went on to... Whatever it was, Craigslist hired a guy. He came up for $150. For $150. All right. This is $2015. This man cleaned out the entire bathroom. He was soaking, sweating. 
He was a good man, a good man. And from that day on, after that, yeah. my father-in-law goes, you know what? We got to renovate this bathroom. He renovated wow. the whole floor. Do you understand? Nice. That can start like a whole chain reaction. Yeah. You plant that seed and it'll grow into something positive. So do that, bitch. Next question. Yes. My boyfriend... <laughs> I can't talk about bathroom shit no more. <laughs> oh, I'm itching. My nose is... <laughs> What's the next question? I'm trying to get to What's it, bitch. Michelle. I'm itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. Get the steering wheel. <laughs> Jesus, stop at the stop sign, Jesus. We obey the laws wheel. now, Jesus. <laughs> Make a left. Put your signal on now, Jesus. Make a left. Jesus, oh, put on your seatbelt, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my tummy hurts, man. This is no joke. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Last question. Last question. <laughs> we got to wrap it up. This is too much. Now my eye itches. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the question. I'm trying to, bitch. <laughs> okay. My boyfriend and I, I am a 27-year-old woman. Thank you for the info. Have been together for two years. And it's the first intimate, loving, truly healthy relationship I've been in. He wants me to eat him out, his butthole. But the problem is, it is stanky. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. We've been getting a flood of these kind of questions. Everybody's ass is up for the new year. Okay. Hey. I want to eat him out. That's nice. Oh it God. sounds like fun, exclamation point. But I don't know how to sexily ask him to wipe his butt before I get in there. Any advice? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm not the right person to answer that stuff because I'm into <laughs> parasites and cleansing your colon. That's a no-go area already. Like, just the idea of the... No, no booty play? The parasites? Have you ever done a colonics or did you did like Clismas like weekly? I love that this is where we go. We were literally asking for ass play and she's like, let me just tell you how to clean the booty though, which is good. Yes. So if you want to do it Clisma, go ahead. Mm. Do some coffee Clisma. Coffee taste. Coffee Clisma? <laughs> it's a coffee cleanse. For some reason, I'm getting targeted ads. Where where are we going? I don't know if my wife is doing whatever, but I'm getting targeted ads about Loom. And Loom is a deodorant for your butthole. They do not sponsor <laughs> this show. Loom, if you're listening, send oh. it my way. <laughs> Loom is definitely listening. That might be the answer. Do coffee Christmas, mm -hmm. baby wipes, and Loom. Yes. So, okay. We have to answer this question seriously. <laughs> well, I would um. get him a little thing of Loom. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we get him a little thing of loom. Like, I didn't know that's what you were saying. I thought you were just sharing. I didn't know. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's going towards a purpose. So, like, <laughs> I would get the boyfriend either a Costco, you know, version of this. Just, like, get him a six-pack and be like, listen. I think 27 is the perfect age to, yeah. A, be in a decent relationship. B, mm -hmm. start speaking up for your voice, whether it is yes. at work or in the bedroom or with your parents. This is like when I really started to learn boundaries True. with my family. Like, I'm not that girl anymore. Now I'm truly a young woman. I'm mm. paying for my own way and I'm talking about what I want and how, like, I'm seeing my future because some, when you enter a new decade, you're like, no, not this anymore. I want that. Yes. And so if you are down to clown and you're not afraid of or worried about parasites, which y'all should be looking up, um, I think it's perfectly okay to say, look, I am down to do all that, but we need to be clean, 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 clean. Right. Like when I used to have one eye stands, I used to like throw people in the shower. Yes. But I also love taking showers with people because that's how you learn what kind of person they are. It's just like, are you giving me more water? Are you soaping me up? 
Are you giving or are you taking? Who gonna be? So I think this is a perfect time to call. And also, you can't have the six without the nine. Just get in there and make it a buffet for everybody. Truly. I agree. I think the, the shower ID, Michelle, is perfect. Just take a shower with the two of you. It's like romantic foreplay stuff. Yes. And just make sure you scrub with an extra... Oh, do you say clot? <laughs> Take it like, baby, let me scrub your back. Yeah, you get in there and wash it. Yes. Yes. 100%. I just want to say, like, in this house, we believe you got to get clean to get dirty. So when we take a shower together, it's always like, she leaves the shower a little bit prior to when I leave the shower. I'm like, I'll be, I'll be right there. <laughs> you know, and then that's when you really... Go to town. Scrub the garage. You get it nice and, you know, spiffy and a jiff. Great. <laughs> you gotta clean out the garage. <laughs> you understand, Michelle? Are you okay, Michelle? Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh my we gosh. gotta end it, Nicole. We ask all our listeners. <laughs> We ask all our listeners. What's we the most Not our listeners, our guests. Our guests. We ask all our guests. <laughs> oh, my God. We ask all our guests <laughs> at the end of the show. And I'm sorry to say that this is the end of the show. Nicole, you've been such an outstanding guest. If you have not listened to her music, please get it right away. Oh, geez. Get to the question, Jordan. I got to pee. <laughs> the question. What's the question of the day? What do you want to do for yourself this year, Nicole? The most adult thing you want to do for yourself. The most grown-up thing you want to do. That you haven't had time to do. And it could be anything. It could be big. Yeah. It could be small. It could be medium-sized, plus-size. We don't care. It doesn't matter. What's the most adult thing you want to do for yourself? I want so many things. But let me say just one thing. I want to go and find myself a farm in the mountains of Italy. That's what I want to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I mean, all up in the Dolomites. What in the black rom com? That's amazing. <laughs> Under the Tuscan sun. Well, bitch, you better put on sunblock. Hey, <laughs> what the fuck? Thank you so much. You are the best. No, well, thank you for having me. Oh my god, isn't she lovely? Wow. Also, like, I didn't know so many people have so many questions about ass. Yeah. Like, ask me a question. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that should just be a segment on the show now. I got to ask you a question. Ask the world turns. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't, no, no. It's already too much. It's already too much. Um, It is so nice hanging out with people from other countries. Yes. I'm just saying. Other culture. Okay, Phoebe Robinson, please. Please. Culture. <laughs> oh Shout my out to Phoebe. Gosh. We love you. I'm sorry. Fat out. Fat out to Phoebe Robinson. What's happening? <laughs> my brain is broke. Y'all officially broke me. <laughs> my takeaways from this episode, <laughs> besides ass play and parasites, is uh, <laughs> I'm listening. What I do love is uh, when people are very mindful with their words and their intentions and even what they put in their body and who they hang out with and where they go. And so she's constantly working on not only how to be a better person, but a better artist. Yeah. And sort of figure out like her voice in the world. And so that like always inspires me to do the same. Because I don't think a lot before I say, I just say it. Yeah. And hope for the best. Yeah. You know, when she's expressing herself, I felt a certain kind of like circumspection. An another big word. But, but it just means <laughs> she was deliberate in those words. Yeah. And an overall 
Yeah. She was like, the resources that I have, time, my words, this moment, I'm going to take them pretty seriously, you know? Yeah. I love that. Which I think we should all be a little bit more responsible with our shit. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't the world be a better place? Oh, if people took actual accountability and responsibility? Yeah. Um, it would be, it would be different and I'm ready for that level of different mm. because right now everybody, you know, they don't do it and they blame it on others. And that's what we're teaching our next generation. Oh man. Isn't that insane? It's great. But then we also are giving them the vocabulary to like never take responsibility. So the amount of times I've heard gaslighting in the last month, I'm like, do you know what it is? Mm. Do you know what it is? Ugh. Anyways. At this point, it's just so normalized. Yeah. That you really have to take a step back and like, even if you are wrong, maybe in your estimation or from your ego's point of view, yeah, maybe taking some accountability or saying like, I played a part. Oh! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> crazy! Ooh, is there something I want to tell? No, I'm just kidding. Is there something I want to tell you? I think I can definitely do that more often. I need to do that more often. Mm -hmm. Like, stop letting my ego control the rest and just, like, be like, dude, I know it hurts. It burns in your blood right now, but, like, yeah, it'll be fine. And we don't have to fix things right away. We could just, like, say what bothers us and let it be, you know, circle back to it and figure it out. We don't have to always fix it. And I think a lot of people, especially men, are like, well, let's fix it right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just have to like sit in it and then we figure out how to get it together. The answer won't present itself right away. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of like, not just women, but also just a lot of people I work with are like, well, I don't want to bring it up again, so I'll just do it. And then they burn themselves out. <sighs> and it's just like, you got to just also brought it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I always do this tactic. It's a tactic on myself, really. Mm -hmm. So if I have to take accountability, I am doing it, but I'm kind of like taking the piss, as they say in England, where it's like, <laughs> if wifey's right about something, yeah. when does that happen? <laughs> but when she is, and I've been wrong, mm -hmm. I'll say, I'm going to take a break from being right all the time and just say, I'm sorry. You know, like, or you're right. Oh, boy. And it actually works. Thank God. Because it, like, first soothes the little, little monster in me. Yeah. And then, like, you know what? The moment passes and you did apologize or you were accountable for this, that, and the third. Yeah. You know, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Find your way. <laughs> Find your way, y'all. Yeah, I'm not into right and wrong. I'm not into doing the right thing. I'm do I'm into doing what feels good for me. Mhm. Mm so, like that's the place I come from. And you're doing it well, sis. Thank you so much. You got a proven track record. You take care of yourself. You are selfish in the best ways. Yeah. And that's a good thing, you know? Well, I'm going to go have my caviar sandwich. So, <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> are you fucking serious? I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> are we still eating caviar? Isn't it just um, inhumane? Do we call it roe now? I don't know. It's like having pate. Are we still having I actually have to go. Okay. Good for you. I'm glad you have something to do. Yeah. I got good news and I have to go. I got a meeting and I got to go. Bye. It's good to see you. Congratulations. I love you. Love you too. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Jiha Lee. Our associate producer is Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed by John Bradley. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from Hannah Kyle Crichton. Theme song and live show DJing is by DJ Don Will. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Photography by Gijs Vandermost. 
Executive produced by Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hardstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. 